Monday morning broadcast here on a November the 13th, the 24th of Mar Cheshvan. And um, with us via telephone is Nitsana Darshan Leitner. Nitsana Darshan Leitner and Samuel Katz are um, co-authors of a brand new book entitled Harpoon, Inside the Covert War Against Terrorism's Money Masters. Nitsana Darshan Leitner is an Israeli activist and civil rights attorney as the president of Shurat Hadin, an Israeli law center based in Tel Aviv. She has represented hundreds of terror victims in lawsuits worldwide. It is an amazing book. It's called Harpoon. Nitsana Darshan Leitner, Boker Tov, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Nahum. A pleasure to have you. It's so riveting and so incredible, and in many ways, a lot of things I read are hard to believe. It is it is just an amazing book. And before I ask you about, you know, the actual writing of the book, and frankly, it, it would seem to someone like me, a simple guy like me, that not everybody would be thrilled that all these details are written, but we'll talk about that in a moment. There are so many different points to this book. I was always under the impression that if there's one thing that worldwide terror efforts do not need, it's major funding. I mean, you would think that the bulk of terrorism, frankly, and terror infrastructure is volunteerism. How wrong I was. Why is it that I've had this impression and that many have thought that money is really not that much of a factor when, in fact, you proved that it was a major factor? Because we all see the end of the chain. We all see the lone, what we call lone wolf or the lone soldier, the one that picks up the knife and goes and stabs, the one that carry an explosive vest and blow himself up in a suicide bombing, the one that go and ambush someone and shoot at the car. But we don't see who stands behind him. <clears throat> we don't see the all army, the one that handles him, the one that supports him, the one that keeps him on board for many, many months until they find the right time, the one that supports the population that will allow these lone wolves to go and act among them. Hamas, Islamic Jihad, um, ISIS, um, Hezbollah are all running semi-government in the areas that they control. And each and every one of them need money for all the different kinds that government needs to support the population, to provide them with services. <laughs> and was it always like this? I mean, you know, I'm from an era and a generation that remembers you know, terror attacks and remembers hijackings and remembers the activities that were uh, that were uh, endorsed by Yasser Arafat and other Arab leaders. Has it always been like this, that a, a major financial infrastructure was necessary? Definitely, from, from day one. Listen, all this, all this infrastructure of paying prisoners, for instance, that we all scream about today, Yeah. All the payments that are going to the families of the suicide bombings, all the stipends that have been paid, are for years, are from day one, are from the, the, the moment the PLO game came into existence. And why? Because it all depends on money. Because without this compensation, nobody will endorse the PLO and nobody will let him go and act among them. The same with Hezbollah. Hezbollah was receiving money from Iran for, for years. Today, they're receiving $800 a year, but before, they were receiving $100 million a year. Um, without this money, no terror organization can go and carry out uh, either small attacks or 
big, fancy attacks. So the theory is, and it's not a theory, it's fact, that the only way that terror activity can continue, especially at the, at the rate that we witness it, uh, and that people unfortunately experience it, is with a large financial infrastructure. If that's the case, why, according to your book, entitled Harpoon, was 9-11 such a watershed event? It sounds like you know, financial infrastructure and, and financial capability was in play for decades before that. Right, but until 9-11, America wasn't interested in fighting terrorism. Until 9-11, America didn't want to cooperate with the Israeli intelligence services to go after the funding. The major financial world is in New York, is in the United States. And United States could have cut funding to a lot of banks that provided financial services to terror organizations. United States could have gone after um, foundations, funds, charities that raise funds for the terror organization. They refused to do it. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to harm the population that relies on this money because some of it does go to financial, to civil targets, mosques, hospitals, kindergartens. They didn't want to hurt the financial banking system in these areas because, again, it will harm the population until 9-11. So, so the, the operation that you describe, or operations that you describe under the leadership of Mayor Dagan and others, could not, it, it would never have worked the way it has if not for America being attacked. Um, some of them, yes. <laughs> some but, but of them so- were done despite the fact that America was um, was attacked. Like uh, Mayor Dagan decided to go and raid the banks in the West Bank and Gaza, Jordanian and Egyptian banks, simply go and, uh, you know, in our language, rob the banks, um, which made the United States uh, furious, especially President uh, George Bush. Um, but later on, when it came to uh, Hezbollah, when it came to uh, sanction Iran, when it came to uh, disconnect Iran from the SWIFT, uh, banking system, uh, yeah, so many of these operations were uh, joint venture with the United States. Nitsana Darshan Leitner is with us. The book is called Harpoon, just released, um, no doubt available everywhere. It, it is unbelievable. The whole thing is so riveting. Uh, you also mentioned the White House lawn. You know, September of 1993, people like myself looked with uh, tremendous disdain at President Clinton insisting essentially that uh, Prime Minister Rabin shake the hand of Yasser Arafat. And believe me, you know, <laughs> the disdain started way before that, frankly, <laughs> toward the beginning of that process. Um, that also seemed to give, a- at least based on the way I read the book, seemed to give, I don't want to say carte blanche, but it certainly gave a tremendous boost to terror activities. Yeah, because now you have the organizations in your on your lawn, in your backyard. You brought the PLO to the West Bank. You brought back Yasser Arafat that was very, very down after the uh, Gulf War to come and uh, replace him in Ramallah uh, and in Gaza. And you gave them land and you gave them rifles and you gave them weapons and you allowed them to receive millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars from the European Union, from the United States, even initially. initially. Um, so this boosts the terror organization, boosts the terrorism, because Yasser Arafat, instead of really making peace, because this were the purpose of the Oslo Accords, simply brought death 
and destruction right. to the state of Israel. Nitzana Darshan Leitner is with us. This, I am highly, highly recommending the book. It's called Harpoon, a hatchet book's release. Uh, everybody should read it. It is really amazing. Um, you know, one of the th- it's it, it sort of it's sort of scary to me as I read it, and maybe this is my innocence. It's sort of frightening to me as I read it that it seems a lot of secrets are being revealed. I mean, you talk about the assassination of certain, uh, you know, d- deserving terrorists or leaders of terrorists or funders of terrorists, uh, without completely admitting, of course, that the Israelis are responsible for it, but essentially telling us that they are. And I alluded to this in my introduction for you this uh, this morning. Uh, was there great concern among Israeli uh, security and secretive services that this book would come out and too much would be revealed? Look, the book went through the censorship in Israel. And um, indeed, uh, some of the stories were left out of the book. Um, what was revealed uh, are stories that can serve as temples of how secret agency, secret agent units can go after terror funding. The, um, the, I think the Israeli government wanted this book to go out. It's a pro-Israeli book. It shows how Harpoon was a startup, uh, perhaps the most effective and disruptive of them all in the world of counterterrorism. It shows how Israel was innovative in this field, and it teaches the rest of the world how to fight terror in a very, very different and creative way. And today, when terrorism evolves and they change their form and they use different tactics, you need to be creative. You need to innovate. You need to look for non-traditional ways to combat it. And this book serves a tremendous sample how Israelis did it. So, so when we lobby, when we lobby members of Congress and the White House, for instance, not to make certain payments to certain countries, whether it be, I don't know, Syria, Iran, etc., uh, there's really a, a multiple benefit to that because that money, chances are, could end up in the hands of terrorists. We know that. They know that. They know that. When, when Obama released $150 billion to the hands of Iran in the course of a nuclear agreement, he knew what Iran will do with the money. They announced it. They said that they will not give Israel one day off in the next 25 years until they finish them off. They know. And, and, and indeed, today, um, Hezbollah is funding by $800, $8 million, I'm sorry, $8 million. $800 million. You see, I can't even yeah. say the number for how much is it. Um, Iran keeps funding Hamas, keeps funding Islamic Jihad. Um, obviously, these countries will not stop. And the Congress know that this money is going to terrorism. So Iran still being sanctioned by the United States, but if she gets the money from all over, except for the United States, North Korea is the same. Right. North Korea funds terrorism. North Korea has to be unsanctioned, not only by the United States, but the entire world. These countries have a goal. These countries want to fuel terrorism. And the only thing that can really fuel the flames underneath the terrorism is money. Money is the oxygen to the terrorism. Nitsana Darshan Leitner is with us, president of Shurat Hadin, author of Harpoon, Inside the Covert War Against Terrorism's Money Masters. We are recommending it uh, highly. 
Um, so this begs a couple of questions then, especially based on the way you describe Dubai and some of those types of situations in reference to the assassination of certain deserving terrorists or funders of terrorists. And, and again, <laughs> understand this is a regular layperson asking you this question, so ignore my ignorance. Why are there not more assassinations? Why, why, why doesn't Israel at that time go after Arafat or take out some of the people that are very high profile? You know, um, because it, sometimes it comes political. Yes, Arafat, uh, there is a story that um, during Lebanon war, um, Ariel Sharon located Arafat in a corner. And, and um, he asked the permission to go and take it down. And um, Begin, uh, who was the prime minister, uh, did not let him. We pay for this uh, refusal until today. When you go after leaders, it becomes political. When you go after Nasrallah, for instance, it becomes political. But if you go after his deputy, right, when you're Anilin, for instance, or the money men that uh, uh, bring the money in, um, then it becomes less political. Right. Then it becomes practical. And indeed, we know about certain operations um, that we don't know about how many others were there. So if the enemy would read your book, so to speak, they would understand how they are the target of possible practical killings. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. The units make it clear that there is no difference between the terrorists to the money men, and there is no, there are no white collars the jobs in the two organizations. Once you provide services to the two organization, you become a target. Perhaps the highest value target of them all. Nitsana, could you address for a moment uh, activity outside the Middle East? You, you, you mentioned North Korea a moment ago, but many people are always citing Argentina and other Southern American countries. South American countries, and frankly, here in the United States, there there is some type, sometimes a paranoia, and I use that word in quotation marks because often it's justified. There's sometimes paranoia that that you know that that neighbors you know in the next town with a certain background possibly could be involved in you know in some type of covert operation to fund terrorism in the Middle East. It, it, are, are those situations less likely than we think? No, they exist. They exist before. Um, as a matter of fact, I describe in the, uh, in the book uh, some of these um, operations, some of these organizations of uh, how Muslim communities uh, around the world, including the United States, are gathering and raising funds for a terror organization. Um, and sometimes these, uh, these people among this community go and carry uh, attacks. Um, the world is not I would say a cliche, but it's not a safe place anymore. And um, and in every, unfortunately, in every extreme uh, community, uh, there will be extreme people either to fund their activity or to go and carry it out uh, itself. We see it in Argentina. We see it in um, Venezuela. Uh, we see it in places in Africa. And unfortunately, we see it also in the United States. Um. We've always been under the impression, and, and we paid very, very close attention to the 2014 war um, in Gaza, uh, and we were on the border at, during that time, and we were always in the impression that what finally ended that war, as short as it was, 
um, was the ground war, was the effort by Prime Minister Netanyahu to, to, to get the troops you know, in there and, and quote-unquote finish off the job, whatever the job was at that time. I know there's a whole debate whether the job, in fact, was finished. But you attribute most of the ending of that war to incinerating the Hamas finance minister's millions of dollars that he was paying out and delivering to suicide terrorists. Was it, in fact, a financial aspect that ended that war in 2014? In the end, it all comes to money, yes. So during the war, and the reason the Hamas started with this war was that they ran out of cash. They ran out of money. They were desperate. They saw that if they start a war, they can get the world attention and perhaps rehabilitate the Gaza Strip. And after a short while, the families of the combatants, the families of the militants, came to them and said, look, we need you to pay our husband's salaries. We need to feed our kids. Um, things were not functioning in the Gaza because Gaza should be closed like of funds, left of cash. And Hamas was really, really desperate. So as a last resort, they sent the, um, a messenger to Egypt to raise $13 million. And they thought that they will give us a little of a breath to continue the war. Once the man entered Gaza, he was targeted by Harpoon. And the IDF, all he needed to do is to shoot a missile from the air to finish him down. All the bills were incinerating into the air were burning up. That caused Hamas um, a great blow. They went into a crisis. They knew that they cannot continue anymore. And they agreed to finish the war. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Nitsana Darshan Leitner. So if European countries are sick and tired of terror attacks... If they would only realize, if their leadership would realize, if they would choke off the financial pipeline to terror organizations, they will have less terror attacks on their on in their countries. Um, definitely. But uh, you know, Europe also always learns the lesson um, a little bit late. Can you and, can, um, can one can one trace this month's terror attack in New York, just a mile from here, in the bicycle lane on the West Side Highway? Could one, in theory, trace that to financial assistance? Well, this is, this is different. This is different because, um, you see, it's not drive by financial um, uh, infrastructure. There is no money that uh, he's so much needed to do in order to carry um, a ram-carrying ramming attack. Um, this is something that the intelligence uh, agencies have to dive into gather intelligence about these people. These lone wolves um, have had a structure, but it's more of connecting between each other. It's more about messages that they are receiving, either in the social media or from uh, other places. They're becoming radicalized. And this is something that you can put your finger on if you just look, right. use your intelligence, use your brain. We have brilliant people don't send them to Palo Alto. Bring them in into the intelligence agencies and have them look and detect these people because, before they go and blow themselves up. The NYPD gets a pretty good reputation when it comes to this. Would you agree that they have that they that they are rather diligent in this area or not? Yeah, yeah, they no, no, certainly, certainly, especially after nine eleven, they do tremendous efforts. To, uh, look at this, right. um, so as as awful as, as awful as nine eleven was, and I speak to you from Lower Manhattan, as awful as nine eleven was, uh, 
it, it was extremely important in, in saving lives down the road. Yeah. Yeah, they told the A1PD, they told the United States to be prepared to such wars, to such terror attacks, and how to treat them and how to prevent them. Right. All right, two more questions. I know I'm holding you much longer. <laughs> two more questions. We never made it clear. Why is the book called Harpoon? <laughs> Harpoon is the unit, the script unit that was um, created in order to go after terror financing. Um, it was uh, created by Mayor Dagan, the former head of the Mossad, and um, it was uh, had representatives from all different intelligence services in Israel, Mossad, Shinbet, intelligence, even from foreign ministry, um, IRS and others. They had sized agents, soldiers, but they also used accountants, lawyers, hackers to go after terror funding. And they had a goal, target the money, follow the money, kill the money. And was that the that was that the real name, or that that that's even a code name for the real name? That's a code name. It's a code name, but uh, this is the real name. Yeah. Right. Uh, in Israel, in order to pick up a name, you just um, it's a computer. Use a computer uh, that generates names, and uh, they went and generated this name. It was the first name that went that came up, and the agents loved it. And this is what they adapted, Harpoon. And finally, you're a civil rights attorney, and we admire your work with Shurat Hadin. You're the president of Shurat Hadin, the Israeli Law Center, and you've represented hundreds of terror victims. First of all, is is every terror victim representable? Uh, is, is there is there a case against somebody in every terrorist attack? And secondly, have you have you had great success? in terms of draining certain countries or entities of financial um, uh, of finances based on these lawsuits? Yeah, so um, sorry for interrupting. The, um, not every terror attack uh, comes into a lawsuit. Not every terror victim uh, has a case that he litigates against those who devastated their life. Uh, unfortunately, our means are limited. We have to... Uh, uh, concentrate on uh, some of the uh, attacks, um, but um, in answer your second question, that we have to make sure that we are winning in these cases. So we have to pick up the cases that have the evidence that we can go and generate the evidence, um, can go and after uh, entities that can really get the uh, compensations from, uh, and we've been successful. So far, uh, by achieving $2 billion in judgment on behalf of terror victims, we put a lien on $600 million, and we actually collected more than $300 million that went to the hands of the terror victims. Right. Well, that certainly sounds like uh, victories, that's for sure. Nitsana Darshan Leitner, she and Samuel Katz have co-authored Harpoon, Inside the Covert War Against Terrorism's Money Masters, I think you. I think you've gathered from uh, this conversation that I'm a big fan. It really is an amazing book. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I'm a really pleasure to be on your show. I appreciate that, and I'm assuming it's available everywhere, right? Yes, you can get it on Amazon Thank and all the bookstores. Thank you so much, Nitsana, and the Kalaka vote for everything you do. Thank you, Nitsana Darshan Leitner here at JMNAM. The book is called Harpoon. It's on Amazon, and it's, it seems to be everywhere. And has just been released, like in the last few days, and I would imagine 
that anybody who has picked it up has felt about it the way I have because it is really remarkable. I'm strongly suggesting it. 